Hey, Matt. Hey, Alan. How's it going? It's going good, man. Uh, do you remember, were you there at that time where I was sitting doing a, a conference and we had a Q&A session and we were talking about being fruitful? I wasn't at that one. I was in Sunderland, right? Yeah, yeah, in Sunderland. So there. we were talking about this. There was a few people asking questions about being fruitful and how to be fruitful. What does that look like? And uh, the main doors were open and a, and a stranger came in. And uh, I mean, the lights were on, so he came in, the main doors. And I think he sat there for about five minutes and then walked out. Someone managed to follow him out, but I, I was thinking about him a lot after that. Like, what was he thinking in that moment? He comes into a church setting and everyone's talking about fruit. It's like, have I walked into an agricultural setting <laughs> or something like that? Um, but so we're going to start today talking about what does it mean to be fruitful? And, and then as this, this is a little series on bearing fruit. So today, what does it mean to be fruitful? And then as we continue through the series, um, how can we be fruitful? Yeah. So I feel like in, in our day and time, there's not, especially in kind of modern day Christianity and in the church, there's not a big emphasis on fruitfulness. You know, I, th I think a lot of people treat um, God, whether on purpose or inadvertently, like he's magic genie, like mm. the idea of what can I get out of God? What can I get out of Christianity? What can I get out of the Bible? But I feel like understanding this concept of fruitfulness is God's plan from us, for us from the very beginning. It's not about so much what can I get from God in terms of me collecting things from God, mm. um, but what can I do for God? Yeah, I mean, it's a theme all throughout Scripture. Right back in Genesis 1, we are commanded to be fruitful, obviously reproductively, um, mm -hmm. and, and all of creation is called to be fruitful, go forth and multiply, and, and right up into the end of Revelation, there's these, this constant call for different people uh, and different things uh, to be fruitful, um, trees trees actually bearing fruit. Um, mm -hmm. And in us being called to be fruitful, there's this this call to be like God, the fruit of God likeness, to, to be his representatives, to live um, as his image. And and the New Testament talks about, about this a lot in different ways. It calls it the fruit of holiness, um, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the spirit, and, and the fruit of light. Uh, and obviously it calls it good fruit uh, as well. So it's a, it's a very important thing uh, all throughout the scripture. Um, so there's there's five Five um, well, I, that I can see anyway in the New Testament. Five types of fruit um, is that, that we're exhaustive? Being called to bear. So there's only five. I'm going to say I'm going to say exhaustive, but that's probably that's in my right. studies. Right. So I'll say. I'll not. double check you when we're in. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so yeah, just some of the verses that are calling us to general fruitfulness. Romans chapter six, verse twenty-two. Um, we have been set free from sin. We've become the slaves of God, and now you have your fruit to holiness. Um, Galatians 5.22, as we well know, the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 9 calls it the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And in other translations, it talks about it being the fruit of light. Um, Philippians 1 verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, James 3.17, the wisdom that's from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. And in Hebrews 13.21 um, this idea of being being chastened, it's not joyful, it's painful, but afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm -hmm. So these are general things and we it's kind of hard to like call each other to be fruitful if we don't know the specifics of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so the thing that I'm seeing so far actually is that there's there's such a close correlation between each one of those verses that you've read actually. It almost sounds, it's kind of like when you read through Psalm 119 you almost think, uh, is this all God has to say? Has God run out of things to say? Mm. But it's it's not that he's run out of things to say. It's he's trying to get it through our thick heads. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. this is an important emphasis. Yeah, he, yeah. he values this. He delights in, in, in this um, 
being produced in us. Yeah. So the first one then is the fruit of, of Christ-like character. Yeah. Have you got stuff on yeah, that? Yeah, so, so, so Galatians 5, 22 and 23, um, the fruit of the Spirit. And, and one thing that, that I'm finding more and more is the fruit of the Spirit is actually Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. So it, each one of these are different attitudes of Christ. So the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5.22, is love, uh, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. And it says against such there's no, uh, there's no law, there's no accusation that can be made against someone who's being Christ-like in these ways. Yeah, and so we're calling it character because... This is all of these words that are being used here. This is the inward man. So this is the the inward change. Um, obviously, that inward reality is going to express itself outwardly. But before God wants uh, outward behavior, he wants inward transformation. So that's why it's character, you like to call it um, attitude. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so inward attitude. Yeah. And obviously, this stands in complete contrast to our natural fleshly works, our, our natural sinful bent. Um, so yeah, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think one of the reasons that I, that I call it attitudes, and, and I understand um, characteristics and totally, but it's because it makes it more practical to me. Mm. So I think about like like love, how can I make love my attitude relationally today, and yeah. joy and peace and long-suffering. And if, if my attitude is defined by these things, then um, I think I will on some level achieve as much Christ-likeness as I possibly can, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's if we're, if we're constantly thinking through these things. So the, the second one, then, that's the first one, the fruit of character, the fruit of this this internal attitude. Um, and then the second one is the is naturally follows the fruit of works. Um, so as we noted earlier, the fruit of the fruit of this character, this first one, is going to express itself outwardly into action. It can't, if, if this character's in me, It'll be it'll be evidence. Yeah, it'll it'll be obvious by mm. by my life, by my by my works. Mm. It's it's a principle from um, I, I can't exactly think of who said it. Maybe Tozer, but the um, love without truth is brutality, but truth without love is hypocrisy. Mm. So it's like just knowing the truth is not enough. Yeah, you know, just having yeah. that philosophy, but it's taking it from theory to practice. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is the the calling Ephesians two verse ten. Uh, after this, the, the beautiful passage about. God saving us by grace. Um, verse 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm. So we've been remade, recreated for these good works that he's called us to. But it's not staggering to think about. And I think going back to what I was saying earlier about it being underemphasized massively mm. in the modern church, isn't it staggering that it's actually in scripture? There's, there's the famous two verses, right? For by grace you're saved through yeah. faith. And it's like, oh, that's up there and it should be. Mm-hmm. But then the very next verse yes, in the same yeah. context, same sentence says, for you are his workmanship, yeah. you know, created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works. So like th- that God goes so far as to say that he never saves anyone not to bring forth good works. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's the part of the purpose of remaking us is yeah. to remake us, to be fruitful and, and to be. So Colossians 1.10, Paul prays um, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. Um, Titus 3 verse 1, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. And then just a few verses later in, in verse 14, let our people also learn to maintain good works and to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Mm. So if we're, if we're not living out these good works and, and meeting people's needs and, and just serving in our communities and our family and our workplace and our local church, then we're actually being unfruitful. Mm. So yeah, the fruit of good works is 
what I would say, the character of Christ in us, working itself out of us into our lives and relationships. I sometimes think about though, that, that verse 14 of Titus 3 where it says to, to meet urgent needs. And it's like if we're talking about fruitfulness being Christ-likeness, God trying to produce Christ-likeness in us through the Holy Spirit, then when, when we tur- tur- turning the blind eye to someone in need, to a brother or sister in need, is the opposite of Christ-likeness. Yeah. So I'm actually hindering the work of Christ-likeness in my life whenever I turn the blind eye. Yeah, I'm, I'm being unfruitful. I'm not being like him. Yeah. And if I have his character, part of that character is love, then like like you're saying, that, that, that love has an attitude which will then express itself and meet yeah. those needs. That's a powerful thought, yeah. So the third fruit that I um, can see in Scripture in the New Testament is Hebrews 13, verse 15. It's the fruit of praise. It says, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. So... Yeah, so offering up praise to God is actually one of these fruits that God is pleased with. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you think that looks like? Well, I mean, I think that's um, that's a wide-ranging thing. But, I mean, we, we have to start with just gratitude, right? Just general mm. gratitude. And um, you always you always hear people say, you know, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing to know that you have all these things as a blessing from God. But it's another thing to to actually be acknowledging God. Um but but I think by acknowledging God, we need to be mindful of the fact that we're not letting God know. <laughs> it's not like, um, well, God, I didn't know if you know this, but but you've blessed me in this way. Yeah. God already knows that, but, yeah. he, but he desires us to get on his terms and say that what we are is because of him. So mm-hmm. like the praise of our, the fruit of our lips. You know, I think that's there's something powerful in thanks and in praise. And it's not just a Sunday. It's not just gathering together congregationally. Although that is part of it. When I gather congregationally, I can be um, singing and going through the motions, or I can be singing with my heart uh, Mm. turned towards God in in gratitude and thankfulness and praise. And that then is a fruit that he's pleased with. Um, But it's also going through my week. You know, Philippians talks about working out your salvation. And one of the one of the um, realities of that would be to not be complaining. So yeah, yeah. me working out my salvation is to not complain. And the opposite of complaint is is gratitude and thankfulness. Mm. Um, you know, Philippians 4, that beautiful promise that as I pray with thanksgiving, then that's when the peace of God comes. Mm. So having, a, having a, a heart that is thankful to God is actually a fruit that, mm. that he delights to see in his people. And I think that's a very big part of, of prayer. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, even when, uh, you know, we're getting ready to memorize through the Sermon on the Mount, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And we get to the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6 of Matthew 6. And um, and he says, pray after this manner. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yeah. And, and before he ever goes on to the whole give us this day our daily bread, or even or even forgive us our debts. Yeah. Before he ever gets to any of that, it's it's hallowed be your name. Yeah, it's your praise. Kingdom come. Yeah. Before we ask, we bask. Yeah. 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 I like that one. (laughs) A bit swanky, yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's the fruit of praise. Uh, And then the fourth one, the fruit of generosity. Um, So our our generous God, God is generous. If you, you know, James 1, we ask him for wisdom. It says he gives us Mm -hmm. um, generously. He pours it upon us. Um, He is abounded toward us in mercy. So our God's generous and he's transformed us into, into his people and we're becoming more like him, which means then that we're becoming more generous. Um, and he delights to see us being generous like he's generous. So we have some verses. Uh, one of them is Titus 3.14 again. If you, if you remember, it says the, 
part of it is to be the good works part of it, but also to meet urgent needs, which is also that generosity, mm-hmm. um, so that we're not mm-hmm. unfruitful. Uh, do you have any other verses yeah, for that one? Romans fifteen uh, twenty eight, I think it says, um, "Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by the way of you to Spain." Is that, is that the one? Or yeah. So, so the so Paul like. You know he's collecting all this money, this financial aid for the people of of um of Judea, and he calls it a fruit. He calls the Macedonians given, the Corinthians given. Mm-hmm. He calls that a fruit, um, just by giving to them. That's yeah, yeah. And 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 in Philippians four, when he's thanking them for, you know, thank you so much for giving to me once again. Yeah, he calls that a fruit. That's mm. ple- That's a sacrifice. That's well pleasing to God. Mm. So mm. this generosity in his people is something that God loves to see. And it's not just financial generosity, although that obviously plays a part, but it's, you know, it's, it's the generosity of our time, giving yeah. our time to people, yeah. you know, in this, in this fast paced world where, you know, after post COVID, everyone just kind of wants to <laughs> sit at home and, yeah. um, but giving up our time to other people, open up our homes, making meals mm. for people who, who are not well or, yeah. you know, things and like that. Again, so. it flies in the face of, of kind of, um, the way of doing things nowadays, you know, which is, which is very much, um, I am my own spiritual entity. Mm-hmm. I don't need anyone or anyone else. It's like, uh, I, th- I think it's Paul Tripp actually who says um, that the independence is a myth. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we have this idea that we can and sh- or even should be independent, but biblically speaking, we actually can't be Christ-like if we're independent because we're not being Christ-like in our generosity toward others. Yeah. So if we're closed off, then our Christ-likeness towards other people is closed off as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and and like the the body of Christ people, because I'll be someone who maybe maybe this time you're the one who has a need and I can meet it. Next time it will be me. Next time it will be, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so it's it's an open heart, which is this character one, which leads to open hands and open homes, mm-hmm. um, which is this generosity aspect of, of, legit, our, of our Christian life. So the final one then that I can see is the fruit of uh, converts, although, you know, or, or, or people being saved. Yeah. And, and the idea here is that people are going to see our Christ-like character lived out through our, our good works, our constant thankfulness mm-hmm. and our generosity. And through seeing that, through, through, through seeing our character lived out in those ways, they're going to be drawn to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're going to be, which is what Peter talks about, you know, First Peter, um, living a beautiful life in front of the Gentiles. So yeah. they're like, whoa, what is, what is this all about? Mm. Um, and this is like Romans 1. Paul Paul talks about when he's, he's going to go to the Romans and he says, I want to get some fruit from, from you. And that, there's arguments about what that means. But Colossians 1, do you have Colossians 1, verse 5 to 6 there? Yeah, it says, uh, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before the word of truth of the gospel, uh, which has come to you, as is also... Um, in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. So this this gospel is being fruitful. The fruitfulness is the Colossians coming to Christ, and it's spreading throughout all of Asia Minor, and people are getting saved, and mm. God's like, that's a fruit. Because <laughs> mm. he's, he's using his people, like how is this message getting to mm. the world? Through his people saying it and living it out. And other people being convinced yeah. by it and coming to Christ as a result. Yeah, and there's there's something to that, just kind of kind of logically too, because you know he, he says in verse verse five he says, um, which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So, it's this idea of a seed. You know, before it's ever before it's ever fruit, it's a seed, isn't it? Mm. 
And um, and I know people really wear out the whole sow a seed thing. Um, you know, televangelists, you know, sow a seed and donate to my ministry and all kinds of things, you know. But like real seed sowing, you know, um, when someone shares the gospel, there is a seed being planted. And um, just this, this idea of when God does produce, produce converts, he's producing converts for a reason. Mm. That seed is going to bring forth fruit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? On a very, like, fundamental level. Mm-hmm. And it's the go forth and multiply part of it, too. Exactly. Be yeah. fruitful and multiply. Um, so, yeah, this, this fruit of converts is people seeing all of the other fruits in us, hearing the gospel, um, the Holy Spirit obviously doing his work of, of conviction, and as a result, then people come to, to trust in Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. those are the five fruits that I, that I can see in, in the New Testament. Christ-like character um, coming out of us in, in our works, in our praise, in our generosity, and in, in people coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is why we've been created in the first place. It's why we've been recreated in Christ. Um, it's, it, we're, we're called to this to be fruitful. God delights to see these fruits flow from mm-hmm. our hearts to our lips and to our hands. Um, and, and if we're Christians, Galatians 5 says the Holy Spirit's warring within us. Mm-hmm. So I know that, that every Christian, every, every genuine born-again person wants to be fruitful in these ways because yeah. the Holy Spirit wants this in them. Yeah. And, and, and if not, them. what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's our purpose here? Yeah, but even like the most struggling, disobedient Christian, born-again Christian, to some degree has to want this because the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is warring oh, against yeah. their flesh, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there is an inward desire um, for all of us. So the problem is, though, um, we've been we've been probably given a little bit of shoulds and musts <laughs> here, and that's fine because these, these are the commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't do any of this. Yeah. We can't produce this fruit. Yeah. Um, we should, but we can't. Yeah, yeah. And, and even though, like Romans 7 verse 4 says... Um, you have been, you've become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, now we're able to, because we're, we're born again, but in our own strength, it's still actually impossible for us to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, we, can only, we can only bear fruit, we can't actually produce any of this fruit ourselves, which is really good news because... Um, I'm not relying on my own strength to, to do any of this. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's brilliant too, and it I think it brings out the grace that's involved in it. Yeah, you know where you say we sh- we should, but we can't, um, and that tells me how much I need grace, and that that tells me that I should be delighting in Christ because it's only as I delight in Him, you know. Yeah, that I can experience that. And yeah, what was is it, is it? I think it was Piper and Desiring God Ministries, you know, where he, he says. Um, we are, um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Mm. You know, it's that idea of, like, we, we need Him that much. Yeah, yeah. So, like, spoiler alert, as we continue, continue in the series, Christ-likeness is only ever a result of Christ-withness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, we're, what we're going to do uh, through as we continue the series is we're going to look at the uh, and. Some biblical examples of people not getting this right, trying to serve in their own strength and what that looks like, mm-hmm. um, why, why it goes that way, and see Jesus' mercy towards those people so that we're not, it looks like we're judging everybody. Um, and then just the basic principles of the idea of God doesn't actually need us. He loves us and wants to work with us, wants to produce this fruit in us, and then really get just get into the nitty-gritties of, of what that looks like on a daily basis for God to be working that in us. But we want to go through... Um, 
some of the false motivations for serving, um, just to, just to challenge each other and encourage each other and help each other see maybe, oh man, I wasn't really motivated by love for God here, it was more for some other reason. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just more and more begin to see how, how beautiful this life can be of, of being fruitful as the Holy Spirit works in us and as, as we abide in the vine and mm -hmm. Jesus produces in, in us what we can produce in ourselves. Yeah, I think it's also worth worth noting, um, like, we don't have it all figured out. You know, it's like Paul said, debatably the greatest Christians ever lived. You know, he said, he said, um, I've not attained yet. Mm. I've not arrived. Um, so where this is coming from is a heart from, from, from us as we struggle with this daily and yeah. we're trying to get a hold of this. We want to pass it on to the congregation as well. And you struggle and we struggle and we bear one another's burdens. And hopefully we can be provoking one another to... To, to really delight in Christ and to experience this fruit in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because we know what these five fruits are doesn't mean we're not consistently producing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knowing the commands and living them out are two very different things. So. Of course, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's um, part one of, of bearing fruit. Look, Just looking at the five fruits of the Christian life. I've enjoyed it. We should do this every week. Uh, I think that would be a good idea. Nice.